December 10, 2022. It's a lot for Pedro's show.
Swap for Pedro show. Happy Saturday. Start off the show with Thelonious Smoke with John Coltrane. This is a very important period in John Coltrane's life. And much respect to Mr. Monk for helping him out. Ruby, my dear, live at the five spot, the year I was born, 1957. Then after that, we had Christmas song, although it's a little early. That's Captain Co-Pilot. Because of those Estonian software programmers with their Skype invention, I do have with me Vish Kana. Welcome aboard, Vish. Oh, uh, this is such a huge thrill and a pleasure for me to be on your show. Uh, the last time you and I spoke, you were on my show, and we were talking about Alan Vega and suicide, and that meant a lot yeah. to me. And uh, this is such a lovely thing uh, for me. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. He was uh, talking with me. After they got done playing, opening up for the Stooges when uh, at the Odeon when uh, Stooges did all of Raw Power. Mm-hmm. 2000, I don't know, 10 or something. And he was the kindest man. He spent so much time with me. He was, yeah, he told me he got into singing for a band after watching Ig. He was an artist. And uh, yeah. he's seeing Ig sing and dance and he said he wanted to do it too. It's great. Yeah, but notice he didn't copy him. He di- found the, his own Alan Vega way. He's just yeah. inspired by him. I think there's, there's there's an important lesson to learn there. Absolutely. Now, now, Vish, uh, please bring me, well, for the listeners, your earliest musical memory. Earliest musical memories include uh, my parents. Okay, my parents immigrated to Canada from India in the 70s. And uh, my mother comes from a large family, and uh, her and her siblings, some of her siblings also made it over. And every once in a while, much to uh, the chagrin of myself and my older cousins and my sister, we get dragged to something called uh, pujas. Have you ever heard tell of a puja, Mike? No, but I'm I'm, I'm interested. Puja is a, a gathering, in my case anyway, it probably means all sorts of things to all sorts of people. In my case, it's a gathering of Hindus. They... Uh, in my experience, we would end up in people's basements or at community halls. The floors would be covered with white sheets, and they basically have church. And uh, the church stuff uh, consisted of them singing devotional Hindu songs. And like I say, myself and my cousins and my sister and whoever else, the kids hated it. We hated it. Had to sit cross-legged for hours, and all these people, some of whom I guess couldn't sing, would be singing together. And then if I think on it, uh, that was pretty, I didn't like it, but if I think on it, it was my first inkling that anybody could sing. Anybody could make music. It was just like dozens of Indian people singing together, and they had a, uh, like one person would play tabla, one person on harmonium, uh, clapping, bells ringing. I don't know if that counts, but I, I was thinking about it because I knew you were going to ask me this kind of question. It's and a lot from Pedro the show. There's no hard questions. There's no wrong answers, Vish. That's right. I'm wondering. That's correct. I'm wondering about these yeah. uh, songs you guys were singing. Are, were they like the Veda hymns? Well, I mean, you might know more about this stuff than I did. Oh, I rejected okay. it so hard. Because that, some of these songs uh, yeah. are some of the oldest songs. I mean, they're, they're way before writing and all that stuff. So, But, you know, look. You're usually not in charge what first hits you, right? You're brought into this world. And so that's why I'm interested in that stuff, because you don't really have a choice. And everybody, it seems like everybody, you know, I've been doing this show 21 years, seven months, and 
everybody's musical journey seems to be a little different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, on the one hand, there was that stuff. I mentioned my older cousins. My cousins, Anand and Nitin, were my the ones I looked up to. They were like my older brothers because we would go from Cambridge, Ontario to uh, just outside of Toronto, I'd say two, three times a month. Uh, my my mother wanted to see her brothers and her sisters, so we would go see my cousins. But Anand and Nitin loved music, and my cousin Anand in particular would play me uh, the Beatles and U2 and uh, whatever else was going on in the early 80s, you know, and uh, uh, all sorts of the clash, all sorts of things I heard from him. And I looked up to him. So I, he, I, my first musical memory in terms of sort of whatever, rock was him playing me a Beatles compilation called uh, Rock and Roll Music Volume 1. And I was like, what the hell is this? And then I was all, I was all in. I read every book. I watched every documentary. Like as a kid, early 80s as a kid, I just, I don't know what happened to me, but I became obsessed with certain bands. And I, I wasn't enough just to hear the records. I had to read everything, watch everything, listen to lots of radio, watched all the, you guys have MTV in Canada. We have much music. So I just watched everything I could. And that's how I got into music. Now you were saying there were some musical instruments in that basement. Yeah. Was there any in the pad you grew up? No, my parents, weirdly, so despite all that devotional stuff, they were pretty anti-music. I I tried, I've told this story a few times, and this is the truth. My father had one of those big stereo systems that was made out of wood. Uh, Huge thing, right? You flip the lids up, and he had it where there was a record player, an 8-track machine, or 8-track player, I mean, maybe a radio dial even, if I think on it. Anyway, he had records. Yeah, they they called them, what they called them in those days was consoles. Yeah, Stereo consoles. <laughs> They're well, like big pieces of furniture. <laughs> that's correct. It was like black wood, and then it had some like velvet stuff where the speaker. Like it was it was a ridiculous red velvet kind of covering the speakers. It was an interesting thing if I think on it. We got rid of it unfortunately. And anyway, my dad had some records. Whatever he heard, he had like Charlie Pride records. But he had a Dean Martin Christmas record that I remember, and a Hee Haw record. A record just of. Music from the show Hee Haw. You remember that show? Roy Clark, incredible guitarist. In fact, yes, a friend that, of a yeah. friend of Leo Fender's, and uh, that's the reason why a lot yeah. of uh, electric bass and electric uh, guitars and yeah, yeah. Leo didn't play good. You know, he played a little piano and saxophone, but he had buddies yeah. who played, and so he comes up with these incredible inventions, amplifiers and stuff. Used a radio. Wow. Uh, used a military design for his amplifier right because he was in the uh service during the war uh l- let me ask you this school were you in the choir or the marching band no I, no i wasn't like what happened was i i tried to convince my parents i, I wanted to learn how to play music and i would play this the, the records that my dad had or they would play them and then i would grab uh, his tennis racket and i would pretend it was a guitar ah. and i would lip i would lip sync to the dean martin records and and Mike, I'm not kidding. Uh, my parents looked at me doing this, and the next thing I knew, I was in tennis lessons. That's true. Okay. They, they thought I was like, what they, were, you, they were. I they were. I, I think you would call that literalists. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit weird. So then, what as about, I got older, you know, you you were telling me about your cousin with that Beatle record. But what was the first yeah. record that you bought with your own money? So it was the. It was again. Uh, it was a Beatles compilation called the Beatles Ballads that I bought. At the Kmart when I was a little when I was young, and uh, it's interesting because I don't like 
compilations and greatest hits records at all now. I feel like there's no context uh, for the uh, music. I feel like when you listen to an album, and you know this from making them. Well, it's probably uh, every, a, a commercial context, like repackaging Creedence Clearwater Revival anthologies. <laughs> there's like 50 of them, right? You just, uh, yeah. Let me ask you this. What was the first gig you saw live? Okay, so the first gig I saw, let me just think. I, I actually found the date of it. And like I said, I was uh, four. Let me see if I have this correct. I was fourteen, I think I was, and I went with two friends, Dave Finley and Jesse Lambert. It was at the uh, Canadian National Exhibition Stadium, nineteen ninety-two, September sixth. It was uh, Disposable Heroes of Hypocrisy, Primus, and U two. Was that Michael uh, Franti? Yeah, right, right, right. He he put out some fucking trippy music that cat. I think he's from he the did. city, up in the city. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, you know. Speaking of Toronto and India community and stuff, uh, the producer uh, Bob Ezrin, he had a stable of musicians, and a lot of them were from there. And his bass man was Prakash John. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but uh, no. uh, well, yeah, if, you, yeah, if yeah. you know Lou Reed, uh, Rock and Roll Animal, where he didn't play guitar, just was lead singer. Yeah. That that's yeah. the bass man, and he's incredible. I just thought it. Uh, yeah. Look, you gave me some other uh, Captain Copilot, and I want to play this quiet too.
There's a place far away Between dreams and life Built by a dweller of darkness And a creature of light The island rises out of the ocean In the Chuchi Sea Whispered tales heard from a distance Does it exist? I cannot say It's as real as you want it to be It's as real as hope It's as real as the past and the future But it's hard to hold Thoughts and dreams Tired spirits can take their rest there But know it's very hard to leave Come, let's sail out on this ocean We'll brave the heaving seas Put your faith in the island Where we all might find some peace if
Wofford Pedro Show, that chunky music start off with Captain Copilot with Quiet 2. Then Gebadan out of Athens, Georgia. This has got the uh, bass player from the middle class, Mike Patton. He's got a new town. He's got a new musical project. I'm digging it. Came to my gig in Atlanta. Surprised the hell out. He's running the buses in Orange County for a long time. And now he's got a sea change. Thou shalt not grasp the outstretched hand. This is chapter three from the new Boris album. Fade. Incredible. Robert Pollard. Our gaze. Not guided by voices. But you tell me the difference. <laughs> Hammered Hulse. <laughs> We had Alec McKay on a couple episodes again. Mark Cisneros on the drums. Boilermaker's Notch. Spotsky, my old buddy from, uh, yeah, Minuteman. Uh, he's up in Sheboygan these days. This is Hideaway. Andy Livingston, half of uh, Mold Omen, Baltimore. Blight Eyes, too. Not bright. Cyrus Pira with O-U-T for Ale. I've been waiting for you from Mike Molnar, Sam Locke Ward out of Iowa with Heaven, and finally, again, Captain Copilot with Unknown Song number two. Okay, so there's nothing to play at home. You ain't playing nothing at school. What about not after school graduating, but in the afternoon? Do, do you get involved with basement bands, garage bands, bedroom bands? Well, I, uh, yeah, despite my parents not letting me or wanting me to take on uh, music, I, we did do it and, uh, got my first drum kit in high school, uh, with my, with my friends. Uh, we, uh, we, uh, everyone played guitar or keyboards. No one played drums. And, uh, so we, we needed someone. No to one play played drums. bass. Now, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No one played bass either. That we needed people to do that stuff. You're absolutely correct. And uh, I mentioned earlier that I would go on these relatively long drives with my parents to see my cousins. And uh, I would ask my parents to play the tapes I liked. And I would drum along to them on my knees in the, on the drive. And my parents told me to stop it, not just because it was annoying, but they said it was a harbinger of death in Hinduism, oh. which I didn't. I still have not verified this. But it, that's how I would learn to keep time and keep rhythm. You know, so I've, been, I've, the... I've been reading these books on John Coltrane, these biographies, and he got interested in Indian music. And one thing I learned was there is different music for different times of the day. So I think music is bringing different kinds of information. Maybe the way they grew up, they were hearing kind of death trips, maybe, what they were taught, maybe. Yeah, I, and there's probably something to it. They just my parents would tell me things and not articulate them very well. I'd say, "Well, why? What do you mean?" And they wouldn't explain it. And I think that's the first time I started to question things, and that probably is why I got into punk because I found there was a lot of questioning. Ah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sure, yeah. sure. So they, I didn't like the answers I was getting. But anyway, the, we exa said my the examined life. The examined life is worth living. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so my. I think so. That's how I feel. So my friend uh, Duncan and Aaron Foster were a couple of brothers. They were really gifted musicians. Uh, we looked in the do – you, does America have a thing called the penny saver? Well, we had this thing called the recycler. You could put ads in for free, and they come out on Thursday. cost 75 cents. That's why I bought right. all my instruments, all my cars, everything. 
Right, exactly. So we looked in the penny saver and someone was selling a cheap drum kit. I don't remember what it was. It was a white drum kit. And we bought it collectively and we set it up the best we could. Everyone took a shot at it. Where? I, where did you set it up? Because usually it's at the drummer's pad. No, we set it up. Duncan and Aaron had a farm and they had a garage and we set it up in the garage, okay. which was cacophonous, booming. Yeah, and so yeah. we set it up and we all took a shot at it and I could do it. I could keep time because I think of all the experience I'd accrued driving to and from Scarborough, Ontario, playing and, on and my slap knees. Slap it on those. So I could come, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started playing there and we were just kind of mucking about. And then I started playing with my friend Steve Lamke and Dallas Worley in Cambridge. They uh, they had played and this is like we're teenagers, like 16, something like that. Okay. And they played. They'd had a lot of drummer issues, keeping a drummer, drummers leaving them. And uh, it got to the point where Dallas figured out that they should just play Steve on guitar, Dallas on bass. Uh, they would play with a drum machine. And at some point, I was recruited to play with them and the drum machine, Mike. So I'm playing drums. You know who also did that? Screamers. KK used That's to play right. with the fucking drum machine. <laughs> <laughs> I think it sounded great though it was wild we got a lot of compliments for this because it was kind of unique uh, for a, a small teenage band and we did a show once in Guelph Ontario where I ended up I know Guelph uh, there, get this there was a club there called Trashateria and I played yes. there and I got invited to the boss his name was Mike Watt he had the same name <laughs> as me <laughs> that's right and, and I was telling someone I was going to be on your show from Guelph recently I said not Trashateria Mike Watt, the Mike Watt. That's okay, okay. It's a college town, right? It's not too far from that's Toronto. Cool. Yeah. That's correct. I lived there for 23 years, uh, moved out of there in the uh, end of 2019, just in time to endure a pandemic at Edmonton, Alberta. But anyway, so I started playing. This guy came up to me when we were playing in Guelph, and he said, you guys, that was great. Like, do you guys listen to a lot of Big Black? And I said. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, Big Black uses a uh, rhythm box machine as well that's right yeah, so, no, also we, also uh the the band that was influenced by the, uh them uh uh jesus lizard they didn't have yeah, mac at right. first they had a, a rhythm box yeah oh my god the jesus Lizard, one of my favorite bands and yeah so the drum machine thing was floating around i think a lot of people had trouble getting the, the rhythms they wanted or the drummers they wanted so anyway we were we would do that in a band called die octave and that fizzled out and then you didn't give kinda, me any you didn't give me any dioctive music. I was just checking with Dallas and Steve uh, recently to see if we had the recordings. We did a recording with this guy and he ripped us off. And uh, he took off with the recordings and all our money and we okay, never Okay, I'm I'm interested in the pieces. Were they originals or were you guys doing covers? Total originals. Wow. Yeah. Were you were part good. were you we're part good. Vish? Were you part of the songwriting process? I was, I was, in, in fact, yeah. We, I, well, I mean, I was in the fact that I came up with my drum parts. That Captain Copilot you just played, yeah, is also me, Steve, and Dallas. There's no drum machine. That's a different band. Okay. So we 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 fizzled out after Die Octave. I think the the recording fiasco uh, just sort of soured us on the whole idea. So we kind of split up for a little bit. Uh, still friends, uh, if memory serves. But we got back together and we formed Captain Copilot. First song uh, Steve and I came up with on our own together, just me and the guitar player, was that Christmas song. We did it. We we uh, came up with that on the Christmas break, and uh, that's why it's called the Christmas song. And then, uh, <laughs> good reason. And then, uh, yeah, one of the first songs I ever wrote and sang 
uh, and I think you played it as well, Quiet 2. That's a song I wrote yeah, about. Yeah, that's what we started uh, that chunk off with. Yeah, that's right. I, that's me mostly. Steve's backing me up, but I wrote that song. Uh, I would write songs at the self-serve gas station I worked at. Yeah. I'd work uh, 4 to 12 or midnight to 8 a.m., and I would write songs. It was very slow often uh, back in those days, and I would write songs as the best Especially I Especially midnight just, to 8 graveyard shift. <laughs> That's exactly right. I would listen to lots of music and clean up or whatever I had to do, yeah. serve the odd customer, and I'd write songs. So that Quiet 2 song was inspired, uh, I was thinking about it, and it was inspired by the fact that we kept, Cambridge is a not a college town where we grew up. It was a pretty conservative town. There were no rock venues. There was no nothing. If you tried to do a show, they'd come shut you down. The, someone would call the cops. And it would happen to us all the time. And I wrote that song about that. What about, what about, Singing and playing drums at the same time was that tough? It it ended up not being for me. I guess I was relatively what coordinated or Am like ambidextrous. Yeah, I am ambidextrous, and I am uh, I am a multitasker by by nature. Uh, so yeah, I could do it. Did I you? Do, what, it, what, how'd you do it? What was it? Did you use a boom stand? Did you use a headset? No, no, I would use a well. Probably I would use a straight stand until we figured out a boom stand was better. Uh, yeah, so live, yeah, as we played, I would, I would figure it out. I didn't really know, you know, practice and live is different. So practice, we just did whatever. Now, there's been it's some great guys. That guy, the only white band so, signed to Motown, their drummer yeah. was the lead singer. Uh, the Cat and the Eagle, Don Henley. Well, I'll tell you what, Mike, my son's name is Levon. If that gives Levon Helms, a great singer-drummer, man. Absolutely the best. Absolutely yeah, the best. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, on both that's... levels. I love his voice and I love his style of playing drums. Just be... And he was the only non-Canadian in the band. From Arkansas. That is correct. <laughs> and I, I love his whole... But I, you know what? Approach. Rick Danko. Oh, I'm a big fan of Rick Danko. And, and, oh, and Richard yeah. Manuel had the trippiest voice in the world. And his trippy piano. That was a trippy band. That was a very, absolutely. very trippy band. Huge Look, we're at the end of the first hour of December 10, 2022 edition of Walt Pedro Show special guest, Vishkana. Hold tight for hour two. December 10, 2022. It's the second hour of the Walt from Pedro's.
I built this house that I'm still living in. People tell me I ought to move out, but I'm not giving in. Even though there's a hole in the roof and the rain comes in, at least when I walk down the hall, I know where I'm going and where I've been. This house I'm living in I guess I didn't raise the roof beams high Well, not such a skilled carpenter am I The floorboards creak underneath my feet But at least it's a familiar place And life here is basically sweet Or at least bittersweet
You can leave, you can stay, you can shoot me away. I'm gonna win your heart back. You can say that we're through, you can find someone new. I'm gonna win your heart back. You can plot, you can steal, you can clap like a seal. I'm gonna win your heart back. You can say that I'm nuts, you can hate on my guts, but I'm, I'm gonna win your heart back. Go! You can say get a life, you can be someone's wife. I'm gonna win your heart back. You can look really pretty when you leave in the city, but I'm, I'm gonna win your heart back. If I wanted to, I could get along, find a different love. Sing a different song As it is I see nothing wrong It's dreaming of only You You can say a little prayer, you can flirt with the mayor, but I'm, I'm gonna win your heart back. You can be a little cheater with the man who checks your meter, but I'm, I'm gonna win your heart back. You can babble like a brook, sneak around like a crook. I'm gonna win your heart back. You can wind up in a prison made especially for women, but I'm, I'm gonna win your heart back. Go! You can make me a list of all the lips that you kiss, but I'm, I'm gonna win your heart back. You can leave me again like you did back when, but I'm, I'm gonna, gonna win your heart back. If I wanted to, I could get along, find a different kind of love. Sing a different kind of song As it is I see nothing wrong Pedro show. We start off the second hour with the Neutron Stars doing In the Air. <laughs> then from Tokyo, Sam Bennett via Birmingham, Alabama. The house I'm living in. Hari Sima after that with Petrichor. Then Muskeg Mudsuck out of Alaska with Anbehan Anatra Bokabon Verse. Head cut after that with Cactus Flower and finally Out Loud Choir with I'm Gonna Win Your Heart Back. <laughs> <laughs> Some of those uh, hee-haw musics were rubbed off on you. <laughs> well, I liked uh, So the Crying Out Loud Choir was an experiment. It was a side project that kind of took off. Uh, I just liked the idea 
in the punk rock spirit of having anyone who wanted to be in a band join the band. So yeah. there was, I didn't know what I was doing on guitar. I couldn't sing, but I could write some songs. I that that band that you heard is like twenty odd people from Guelph, Ontario. Some of whom always wanted to be in a band, and some of whom had uh, had been in bands. And I wanted everyone to kind of. It was like a. Is there twenty like people? Make, is there twenty people in that recording? Yeah, there's twenty people on the, that recording. That's <laughs> okay. correct. What about Neutron uh, Stars? What's that about? So Neutron Stars was the band I was in after Captain Copile with my good friend Tristan O'Malley. Uh, he was looking. We were roommates for about a year, and he we kept our distance a little bit. I was going through kind of a tough time with a lady and uh, <laughs> trying to do school. And, uh, well, what about school? We, did did you come after high school? Did you want to take higher yeah. education for music? No, no, I did. I did two English degrees. I did an undergraduate English degree and a master's degree. And in both cases, my ma my master's thesis at the end of the undergrad was about the pervasiveness of hip hop culture, and the master's thesis paper was on the history and advent of the. Um, popular culture industry as told via the Bob Dylan album Love and Theft from 2001. Okay, so both musical themes, but you didn't want to pursue yeah, I, music in higher education. I kind of subscribe to a Levon Helm approach. I'm self-taught. Yeah, yeah, I don't die, Dad. Yeah, for better or for worse, I'm totally self-taught on the drums. I, no, well, no, I mean, no, I'm, everybody's got to find their own way. And I, yeah. I'm just interested who goes to higher education, who doesn't. Some people says it almost ruined them. Some people says it made them better. Some people said they yeah. they got some good connects. <laughs> Those are the Berkeley School well, of Music ones. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, but I, I am but like the guys much. who go to uh, like Mills College, it was incredibly yeah. profound on them. So so that's why I oh, ask yeah. about this stuff. I think there's a billion different ways to get uh, higher education, or you know, some cat who lives in his car teaching you shit. Well, I learned everything I learned about playing music from going to shows. That was my education. Uh, seeing the the drummers I am most influenced, I just watch them. I just watch the drummers. Well, you know, but that's what's great player. about club gigs, because I bet you at that arena rock gig that you first went to, you <laughs> couldn't pay much attention no. to the drummer. I couldn't see anything except I, I have a memory of Les Claypool. By the way, what? I figured this out. I yeah. saw you and Primus. At the, the Maple Varsity Leaf. Varsity Arena in Toronto. Yeah, that's where the Maple July Leafs 20th. used to play, an old old beat-up pad, and that's where I met two of the Rush Cats. No, 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 that's not true. That You played at the University of Toronto's arena. The Varsity Arena uh, is the show I saw, unless you did another one. Yeah, because Maple I remember they had Maple Leafs. It was written in the locker room and shit. But it was old-timey yeah, old and all beat-up. I mean, this was... Yeah, they used, they used the same iconography, the Varsity team at the the university of toronto team also used like a blue maple leaf but unless i'm totally wrong and i don't think i am i had the poster up in my wall i, well, I, I know it was poster. a hockey arena and i know it was old timey yeah. and i know i met two of the rush guys <laughs> that's all i remember yeah, yeah. Fish. I, I, you, yeah, you can you be go, correct yeah. there's no problem with that there's no problem with that. but i do want to play <laughs> another out loud choir especially now right that i know that there's 30 people in the band
dash this one out Get some of that comfort That people talk about And for the avoidance of doubt I will cradle your eyeballs While they operate Give all of the doctors hell during visiting hours. And as you convalesce, I will try my best to argue with the mornings. But I find electric. Time don't take no for an answer Maybe in the next life we can be ballet dancers I give you all the time you need Make sure that it's well spent up with some scheme to afford the rent And I know it won't stop the bad days But I'll hold all the world back I'll live my life on the edge of some farcical collapse Do my very best Not to die I'll hold your eyes On a platter and sigh
No, Watch the Pedro yeah. show. We start off that chunk of music with the out loud choir again, people. The crying out loud choir. Remember, this project is put together to prove that anybody can be in a band. I love it. That's I right. love that. I love it. Yeah. Thank you, Vish. The love that I oh, hide. Then we had Bondo, brand new. This is a SoCal band that I don't know of, but I do now. Mind Room. They 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 call they call it a slow speed hardcore or some shit. <laughs> Whatever. So you don't have to call it, it, it. Music's good enough, people. You don't need a, a John Renee. Uh, <laughs> Sam Cutting after that. On a platter. Larry Boast. Southern Oregon. That girl. That was Marla Thomas's uh, TV show, right? Ray Shin, Danny Thomas's daughter. I know Danny Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, right. That that hospital, St. Jude's, right? For Cancer for Kids in Memphis. Uh, Ray yeah, Shin after Mary, that. Married to Phil Donahue, right? Married to Phil Donahue. That's right. Uh, probably not <laughs> Danny Kay, but Marlo Thomas, yeah. No, no, Danny Thomas, not Danny Kay. Shit, I'm mixing everybody up. Celebrity-itis, people. <laughs> Ray Shin from uh, Reno after that. And then finally... Nathan Cole's outfit with flavor. Oh, yeah. This this sounds like you helping somebody out. It's called favorite. I don't know what Nathan, where he got his uh, lyrical ideas or concepts from, but that was a band I was in, and I, you can hear me playing drums on that one. And uh, we did a lot of stuff and played a lot of shows, made one record, and uh, life happened and we stopped. But but it, uh, but it was like kind of his band that you joined, or did you write songs for him? Nathan was a guy, and he still is a guy in Guelph, who uh, plays music wherever and whenever he can. And uh, I don't know what happened. He got into the he got into the uh, Hillside Festival in Guelph, which is a really lovely non-corporate outdoor music festival. Happens every summer, and he got in, and he was looking to put a band together. And we made conversation. I said, "Well, I'll do it." And then he put a band together, and it stuck. Like he put the band together just to play one show. Yeah. And then we ended up going on and on and uh, practicing for several times a week, five hours at a time, and uh, at least. And uh, I did everything else. I did all the booking of touring and recording studio stuff and the organizational stuff, and I played drums. Did but you? Nathan when you good. said touring, did you do full-on Canadian tours? We in that bit, I have, and as a road manager, I've what's that road did, called? Uh, Four hundred one. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a long right. motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I, I have toured across Canada in a few different bands. I have done it. And have I've you, have you done project. Maritime? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Several what times. has yeah. yet to do Maritime? One day, one way, though, I swear. I'm going to send a note to you and to the people who organize the best festival in Canada. It's called Sappy Fest in, in uh, Sackville, New Brunswick. Yeah. Why you got to do it the best i would love to play out there you know but that 401 what a road we think the i-10 is bad <laughs> that's intense yeah, true north it's true rough. north absolutely now i've done the 401 you know out west i've gone across the three mountain ranges to get the was it bramf when you pr Bam, break Bam, into yeah, you, you break into the prairie right when you come over and so th oh, yeah. then there's calgary and then you go north to edmonton and what they call yeah, Edmonton. I, Last time I played Edmonton, it was the first day without snow in 280 days. They call it oh, Dirt Town. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, really cool that. people there. Really cool people there. Everywhere. I, I, I love it. So, right. so by helping out uh, 
Nathan Coles. You actually learned a bunch of other practical stuff as far as, because drumming ain't just drumming, right? Booking tours, all that stuff. If I think on it, I did that from the beginning. I was one of the people in Captain Copilot and all the bands I've been in that organized everything. So uh, that's a little bit one of my absolute, uh, I guess, guides in life or heroes at that point and still to this day is Ian Mackay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We, oh, yeah. We're all very inspired by the DIY ethic that he exemplified, that you exemplified. And so it was just a matter of really – putting an emphasis on the D part. We really wanted to do things and, uh, and we did. And it was all inspired by that. Like anything's possible. So well, you know, would... the, the, the real early guys were black flag and also Vancouver DOA. DOA. DOA was torn really early. Joey, at that time he had a uh, biscuit and uh, Randy rampage and man, they played everywhere. They helped build the circuit them and flag helped build the circuit. Have... And of course he did later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've interviewed uh, Joey Keithley a few times in my life. I think he's always... a councilman now, right? Yeah, he's like a politician. He's switched it up, and he's <laughs> going to make the change from within. So he's doing that. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. right. He's got a good heart. Look, we're at the end of the second hour, December 10, 2022 edition of Pedro Show. Special guest, Vish Kana. Hold tight for hour three. He's December 10, 2022. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro Show. Everything's immediate Everything is temporary I was just about to quit when you Sat me down and said you'd be my lady We put everything up on the table then Everything was on the floor It's a wonder that we were able to Find our way out to the door
everything is temporary I was just about to quit when you sat me down and you really scared me Everything was on the table and everything was on the floor And it's a wonder that I was able to make it home with you at all
qui se passait maintenant Je sais, j'étais mieux seul quand je dormais Parce que si ta figure te plaît tellement Ma chérie, tu devrais t'aimer toi-même Et si tu penses que je tiens à toi encore Ma chérie, vas-y, va t'aimer toi-même Quand tu m'as dit que tu détestais mes amis Le seul problème, c'était toi à mon avis
Watch for Pedro Show start off the third hour with Dry Tickle on the <laughs> table. Then uh, out of Barcelona, Balcanis with Notorio Ariago. Ariago. See, I fuck up all the languages. He's my own. Bad Reputation with Ami To Meme. Tony J, a good and faithful servant. Bajan Boy, and Brother AJ in Netherlands with I Love You So. And finally, Calix. Calix? With two of Calix? us. I don't yeah. know. I, like I said, with English, you got to hear somebody say it first because you cannot go by the spelling. By the way, people, it ain't fucking Vish. It's Vish. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so so tell us about these projects here. Yeah, these are the. This was a time in my life uh, where I was in five bands at the same time. Every single night, I was at a band practice. So, cry, the Crying Out Loud Choir, the Neutron Stars, Nathan Cole's outfit, Dry Tickle, Calix, all going at the same time. Calix was a band fronted by uh, a woman named Tanya Hobbs, who was my friend. She plays guitar and sings and writes all the lyrics. Uh, I really love this band. I got to do some more, I think, creative stuff drumming than I had. Well, it was all informed. Everything was. When you're in five bands at the same time, everything kind of informs each other, I find. So sure. every bit of playing, I would bring things and parts would be sort of intermingling, and I was playing the best I've ever played, and it was fun. And Dry Tickle was a kind of more of a country, obviously like a country folk thing led by a great uh, songwriter named Greg Denton. And uh, he, he asked me to pick this song because he thought I played it. He liked my, my part, my drumming on it a lot. Uh, and I don't remember if I invented it or he suggested it, but uh, yeah, it was just these. These are all just things you, you, you ever do listen to drums. Community. You ever listen to drums on Merrill Haggard Records? I mean, the dude's doing ninety nine percent brushes. Yes, that's I correct. love that. You yeah. know, so they open it up for the singer, so we don't have yeah. to holler over the band. Yeah, yeah. I would get. I would go to the store and I'd buy all those. I, I bought brushes. I bought those. Uh, what are they called? You know, straw kind of sticks. I yeah, yeah. Perkins buy, plays I, those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I bought all those things, and I, I liked I liked trying new sounds. It was fun. Did you ever go back to some of that music you heard in the basement where they were playing the tabla? No, I never engaged. No, the closest would be any kind of improviser jazz. That's a big part of my life uh, that I didn't really get to capture, but sometimes you get in those zones. Because I heard just Perkins told me about tabla cats. He said the yeah. loops can be like fucking half hour long. Exactly. They use some yeah. open hand, close hand thing to notate them, and, and and you master like you get your own like loop going. And like the best guys got only like four or five of them. They are so intricate. Yes, I would try to play them in at those pujas in between whatever when people were taking a break, and someone would come around and be like, "Do you know how expensive that drum is? Maybe you shouldn't be playing it." <laughs> but I would <laughs> I would try to play every once in a while. It was fun. I, I, I grew to appreciate my Indian heritage and culture when I got into university because people would say, oh, my God, you grew up. So did you get to have Indian food every day? I'm like, I had to. I had no, I had no choice. I didn't want to eat it. And they're like, oh, you're so lucky. I'm like, I was. I didn't know that. And then, yeah, you start to realize. No, it's like me when I came from Virginia and I first had Mexican food. I mean, we had Latin guys, Puerto Rican and Filipino. I like their chow, too. But for some reason, man, I really got into the chow here. Food (laughs) food is a trippy thing, okay? Absolutely. (laughs) It's a trippy thing. Talk about a gateway (laughs) drug. Look, here's another (laughs) prod you gave me. Wax Mannequin. Listen to that. 
From another restless night Who find demons in my head But I'm not scared anymore, no, I'm not No, I'm not afraid of that lie I came to say this I've got a big bushy beard And kissable lips And I carry all my fat In my ass and my hips The rest of me is skinny as a stick In the 60s my mom was thin And mini-skirted She was raised as a Catholic But then she converted Cause she loved my dad's religion She loved him too And that's how I was born a Jew They lived and went to school in Buffalo But my dad decided that they had to go Cause the Vietnam War would not be good for his health And that's how I was born in the Commonwealth Where we're born and when we die We can't control that And life in between is just war and combat There are targets you can shoot for Minds to circumvent but Most of life is an accident I spent time in Peterborough and in Winnipeg And leaving is living if you just use your legs Everywhere is nice if you drink enough beer So some days I'm there and some days I'm here 
not about sowing my wild oats or whatever. I sowed my oats when I was young and I thought I was clever and my oats all rotted in the field where they lay and I'm oatless and unemployed these days. But I have a ukulele, I have a guitar, though I don't have a house or a kid or a car. I'd like to keep it that way for as long as I can. But you know what they say about the best laid plans When we're born and when we die We can't control that And life in between is just war and combat There are targets you can shoot for And minds to circumvent But most of life is an accident And an accident is something that you don't plan It's like the Y chromosome between a woman and a man One day I might get hit by a bus or get cancer But right now all I am is a fabulous dancer So dance with me baby Put your hands on my hips Kiss my aforementioned kissable lips Wherever we are baby that's where we're at My name is Matthias and I came to say that Watch the Pedro Show <laughs> Last music for this edition. Started the chunk off with Wax Mannequin doing Black Bells. Then we had Mark Shippey and Alex Cunningham doing Please Stand Here. Rob Dobbinspeck after that with Barleyworth. Then Tim Hohouse, I think he's on tour now out of England. But this is him live in the Netherlands doing Good Morning, Mr. Vampire. And then finally My Burning Hell with the tune My Name is Matthias. <laughs> okay. Enlighten us here, Vish. We did a seven. So I went on. We did a tour across Canada, Western Canada, from Ontario to all the remote locales you can think of in British Columbia and back. We did a tour both ways. And uh, in British, this was with a guy named Chris Aidney, who goes by Wax Mannequin, and Matthias Com, who fronts a band that's still active. They're both still active, but the band is called The Burning Hell. And the the the, the trick was that I would be playing drums with each of them. And we would, they would just switch. Matthias would play bass for Chris on guitar. Chris would play bass for Matthias on ukulele. I'd play drums for both. So we would do two sets in every city. And by the time we got to British Columbia, uh, in uh, Courtney, British Columbia, a guy named Corin Fox, they knew, Chris knew, said, uh, why don't we make a recording? Which is really a beautiful thing to go on tour, have some new songs, and to actually get to capture them while you're while you're playing warm. You know, while you're while you're. No, I know well. all about it. This last MSSV album that was Mike Begetta, the, the the boss of the band's idea. Why record before the tour instead of after, where you all practice? <laughs> we got everything yeah, done in one day. <laughs> yeah, this was a bit different. We did it during the tour, so we got all the way to BC. And we played a bunch of shows. Oh, it's the halfway, halfway mark, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is before we start to drive back to Ontario. Very eventful tour, but it's very meaningful to me that we have this 7-inch that this guy recorded for us. And, uh, yeah, we did the, these two songs are on the A side and the B side. For some reason, I had no uh, decision-making ability here, and I, but I stand by it, I suppose. They want to do a cover of uh, Bonnie Tyler's Total Eclipse of the Heart. So that's the, <laughs> that's the B side. Maybe it was supposed to be ironic. <laughs> I don't know. No, it was pretty. Well, maybe it was pretty sincere. So we did that, and uh, you yeah, could be. I, I think you could be sincerely ironic. <laughs> I, I really, uh, you know, I don't know. This was all pretty quickly done in 
Corwin's uh, home studio. I, I'll tell you, you know. Okay, I, I, okay, I, you only had half a tour to do it, but still, it's better than like no. Usually, albums are done yeah. like with no gigs. You're just t totally cold, and then after you do the tours, yeah. you get the songs together so much better. <laughs> Absolutely, no, I agree. This was fun. It was just fun. We played a few more shows after this. We haven't gotten back together in a while. Uh, Matthias is all the way out in uh, uh, Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island. Oh, you got to trade files over the internet then. So what are you doing exactly. musically right now, Vish? Musically, it's pretty quiet since the pandemic. I got some invitations to jam with people here in Edmonton since I moved. I mostly just work on my Creative Control podcast and, and write about music still, uh, still music journalism. So I'm not... I you, have don't, you, don't collaborate, you don't collaborate by trading files over the internet? I play no most of these days playing with my son ah, who's okay. uh, becoming a great he's uh, my son uh, Levon is uh, 11 and uh, becoming quite a skilled uh, piano player and so we 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 jam a little bit on things but uh, no I'm 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 somewhat uh, I'll get back at it I'm sure Mike I just got to Sorry, pandemic kind of took some wind out of my sails. I haven't been jamming or anything. So No, but uh, uh, this other side, you know, now I was doing it 10 years before the situation, but like somebody like Bob Lee, buddy of mine, you know, last drummer of the Black Gang, he put up microphones in a room of his pad. He, now he does drums for people, you know, for online yeah. and stuff. That You know, it used to be like musician people never recorded themselves. There's more and more of that happening. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I just talked to someone who told me about some fancy phone app that is actually really good for this. So I'm going to set my drum kit back up. Uh, I had to take it down because we had uh, some guests in the guest room in our new house. So I'm going to set it back up. I'm going to try that. Well, if you got, if you need a lab rat, if you need a lab rat, send me some drum tracks and I'll try to put some bass guitar on it. This would be the thrill of you, my life. And then you I'm, take it from there. All right, I'm in. Absolutely. You can have your boy play some keyboard, Levon, on it too. <laughs> okay. Sounds great, Mike. I appreciate that. No, I Thank mean you. we can do so much more with the internet than just spread lies and hate. You know, we can collaborate with art. Yes, yes. I agree. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah, I okay. want to do this. Sounds okay, good. and uh, I didn't get to ask you this. You, uh, well, I kind of intimated me leave on him. But did you have other uh, people you looked up to on drums while you were learning drums? Yeah, the drummers. The uh, yeah, there were local people. The guy named Ryan Alinsky in a band called uh, Holocron, Kobe Dowdell in a band called The Hubble Bunk. They just did things that I'd never seen done. Otherwise, I'll, I'll give you a Brendan Canty of uh, Fugazi. Yeah, great, stuff. great. Man, that guy can John. put the kick drum anywhere he wants. Yeah, John Wright. <laughs> it's like Zigaboo. He reminds me of Zigaboo. I, I got to play with Mess Aesthetics and got to see him oh, with Joe Lolly. Yeah, yeah, we shared the stage in Balmar. Do you have a, uh, where can people find you on the internet, Vish? You can find me on uh, at Vish Khanna on most of the whatever the platform still exists. Oh, we got to spell that for people. V-I-S-H-K-H-A-N-N-A. Yeah, V-I-S-H-K-H-A-N-N-A dot com or on all the social media, Mike. Ah, so you have your own website too. Good. That's like having your own fanzine. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got this creative control podcast that people seem to like. So yep, yep, can, that too. People check it out. He talks. He's really good to talk about music for. And, and we're going to collab, huh? Till, and then absolutely. we'll get some stuff together and come back on the show. Love having you aboard, <laughs> Vish, truly. People, it's Thank been you, the man. December 10, 2022 edition of Show. Give your powder dry.